Hello and welcome to the Smarter Sales Show. I'm Julie Holmes, your tech expert. And if you've ever felt overwhelmed by what it takes to find new prospects, you are in luck today. Our very special guest today is one of my friends and is about to share some fabulous, cool ideas on how to find information that will make prospecting for clients fun and easy. And I know because I use it. You are listening to The Smarter Sales Show, where sales challenges are solved with tech and technique, so you can sell more and stress less. Please welcome your hosts, sales experts and funny ladies, Merit Khan and Julie Holmes. Welcome to The Smarter Sales Show. Sales pros, sales leaders, business owners, experts who have to build their own book of business, you are in the right spot. I'm Merit Khan. My job is to teach you sales techniques that will set you apart. And my co-host, Julie Holmes, is on the mic for you with all kinds of sales cool tech tools that you need to know about. Now, if you are one of our super fans, you know that we pack our resources page with so much content, you would be crazy to miss out on that. So if you're listening on the Sales Experts channel, check the attachments for that link. And if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, you are definitely going to want to check those show notes for that resources page, get in the habit of getting that link. Now, today is a super exciting special episode. We are wrapping up our four pack on the topic of prospecting. And we have a man who is considered to be the leading authority on sales intelligence and digital reputation management. Oh yeah. Are you ready? Let's get smarter in sales. Sam Richter is joining us today, and Sam is the founder and CEO of SBR Worldwide No More. He's a friend of ours and a best-selling author and National Hall of Fame speaker. He's a CSP, a CPAE, and he delivers his top-rated, incredibly dynamic, highly entertaining, and extremely content-rich keynote presentations and workshop sessions to audiences all over the world. Sam's programs also include access to attendee bonuses, which ensure that the learning and most important, the implementation and impact continue long after the ovation subsides. Sam was named one of the world's top 50 sales keynote speakers, one of the top 15 virtual presenters, and one of the top 25 most influential sales leaders. In addition to his speaking, Sam's a technology entrepreneur near and dear to my heart, and he has developed numerous search-related programs used by thousands of top organizations and business executives around the globe, including me. For his work, Sam has won numerous awards, including a gold award at the International Film Festival and a Cody Award, the Oscars of the software industry. Sam's been featured in thousands of news programs and publications, including CNN, USA Today, and Forbes. He serves on the board of directors for numerous technology companies, and he is a past finalist for Inc. Magazine's Entrepreneur of the Year because he's the bomb.com. Sam, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you. Geez, that I think uh, hopefully there's enough time left in the podcast here. Um, You know, now now that we took most of it up with the bio. So I appreciate that kind introduction. Thank you. Yeah, but I don't know what you would leave out from that, Sam, right? Because you're a bit like, uh, you know, like I, I think I humor myself sometimes that you're a bit like me. Um, or that I'm a bit like you, mm-hmm. which is, you know, like jack of all trades, like you're a problem solver. 
And it's one of the things that I have always loved. Whenever you and I run into each other, I'm always like, oh, what are you working on now, Sam? What are we building now? What's coming next? Because you're a builder and a problem solver, but that all stems from your expertise when it comes to search technology and really understanding prospecting. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's, it's really, um, you, when you think about sales in prospecting and specifically, even though we have all this technology, it's amazing to me. I mean, you know, it's, it's estimated that you can take this little device and pull up every word ever written in the history of the world. And yet how many times have both of you received LinkedIn connections, emails, voicemails, text messages that are completely irrelevant? You know, uh, things like, hey, Merit, as a... Uh, just today? A, How many? Just today? Oh, yeah, exactly. Just today, right? You know, hey, Julie, as, a, as an author, have you ever thought about becoming a speaker? You know, right. come on, just go to my website. So it all really stems from, you know, everything I developed just stems from the fact that prospecting and sales, although we have all these new technologies in front of us, mm. many of them are, are built to create efficiencies within the sales process. CRM, as an example, obviously, you are one of the world's experts in that. And, and that's wonderful. That's great. Yet, if you're not connecting with your prospects in a ways that are relevant to what they care about, or said another way, you're doing sales the same way it was done 100 years ago. You're picking up the phone book. Now, it might not be the phone book. It might be a list that you buy online. But you're starting at A and ending at Z and mathematically hoping that somebody might be interested in you. Well, I think you're missing some opportunities. That way of prospecting obviously still works. I'm not saying cold calling is dead. Yet, I think especially with the more complex sale, there might be better ways, more efficient ways, more profitable ways to find the prospects where you can provide extreme value and where price sensitivity thus becomes less important. Yeah. You know, that's that's so important. And uh, we had actually just done a whole four pack series on the theme of differentiation. And we talked mm -hmm. about differentiating not just your products and services, but your sales process and using cool technology to differentiate yourself. What we really didn't talk about is how your prospecting habits and practices really could also be a differentiator. So if everybody's looking at the first page of Google, we're really all going to find the same things. Um, I, I think one of the things I learned from you, and I remember being in one of your audiences, you won't remember this because I was in a, in, a, in a large audience, but I remember being in your audience, it had to have been 12 or 15 years ago, mm. and you taught me things then, but way before all this virtual world was happening, that blew my mind. Uh, on the prospect, on the, the topic of prospecting and research. And so what do you think are ways that salespeople can make prospecting just a little bit easier? It, it feels like it's a full-time job these days. It is a full-time job. I, I think that the first part is a mindset. And the mindset really needs to be that, no offense, your prospects really don't care about you. They don't care about your product. They don't care about your catalog, your line card. If you're a financial advisor, an insurance agent, your asset allocation model, the different portfolios that you can, they don't care, but they're massively passionate about themselves. And so, especially in today's virtual world, which when we get back in person, I don't think is going away. We're still going to be selling virtually. You know, when you meet with somebody in person, let's say it's over coffee or over lunch, your buyer feels obligated to maybe spend an hour with you because- you know, you drove all the way there, you're buying a cup of coffee, you're buying a lunch. <laughs> Online, you don't have that obligation. It's like, you've got 15 minutes. 
And uh, as salespeople, we often have the pressure of, okay, I've got all this stuff that I've got to share about me, when we really need to remember that our prospects only care about themselves. So how do we make sure that we're aligning our solutions to what they care about? So direct answer to your question, one of the keys that I teach uh, and really focus on today is the whole concept of sales triggers. And other people have talked about sales triggers, but a sales trigger is, is really a disruption that's going on in another person's world where they might actually be interested in your uh, program. So uh, an example of that, a real, real easy one people can relate to, you know, Merritt, if I call you right now and say, hi, I'm Sam from Sam's Roofing Company. I'd love to come out and give you a free estimate. What are you going to do? You know, hang up, delete, go away, right? But if a huge hailstorm hits your house, you turn around behind you and there's water starting to leak from your ceiling onto the floor. Five minutes later, I call, hey, this is Sam from Sam's Roofing Company. I'd love to come out and give you a free estimate. Well, I'm your new best friend. The good news is there are ways to find these sales triggers. What's Mm -hmm. going on in the other person's world? What's a disruption going on in their company where you might be where the buyer might actually be interested in hearing from you. That, that, that's one way, there are many others, but one way where you can become more efficient and, and hopefully more effective in your prospecting efforts. Yeah, finding the people who are ready, willing, and want mm-hmm. to hear your message right now. Exactly, exactly. And, and for every industry, that's going to be a little bit different. Um, you know, For example, if you sell HVAC equipment that goes on top of commercial buildings, well, a great sales trigger would be to find out who's doing a remodeling project, not yesterday, but who's doing one two months from now. Uh, If you're a financial advisor, a great sales trigger might be somebody who just got promoted or just got hired or just moved companies. Uh, What's that? Or just got married. Just got married would be one. In in financial services, they call that a money in motion activity. Insurance might be, you know, somebody whose company just went through a merger and acquisition or who just received funding because they're expanding, they're growing, they're going to need new new um, providers. So those are the kinds of sales triggers you can oftentimes find. I, I think that's really important. You know, so, so salespeople have to do the work before they start prospecting mm-hmm. to figure out what are those trigger events that I, where I'm going to show up and be in the right place at the right time instead of just trying to be everywhere, which mm-hmm. is expensive and difficult and annoying. Right. So right. once they've done that work to figure out what those trigger events are, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to imagine myself going, okay, um, okay, Google, show me the top companies in my area that have hired salespeople lately. It's like, sure. how do I even look? Like, I don't know, like, where do I even start with that? Well, there are some ways that you can do it manually. So for example, it's just knowing how Google works. The the first key here is think like the author. So the nice thing about most sales triggers is they're usually associated with a press release, an article, a social media post. So for example, a great sales trigger is anytime a company's hired a new executive, CEO, CTO, CMO, CIO, a president, that's a good sales trigger. Reason being is, is now, again, there are some companies where they're hiring a new chief executive because it's a natural progression, a succession. But a lot of the times it's because a company, something's going wrong at the company, they need to bring in somebody new or they're entering a new market, whatever it might be. If you are a company and you just hired a new CEO, what are you going to do? Well, you're putting out a press release, a news post, you know, a a social media post and think like the author. Well, if you were writing a press release, what words would go in there? 
you know, a widget corporation. Now you're going to want to put that in within quotes. Anytime you're searching for a, a proper noun, name of a company, name of a person, job title, put it within quotes. When you do that, Google will treat those words as a single entity. You'll get way better results. So it might be widget corporation uh, plus chief executive officer or CEO. Now, if you put or in all uppercase, a space before and after the or, you expand your search. You're telling Google, give me this word or give me that word, or give me this phrase or give me that word, chief executive officer in quotes or CEO. And then what words would you put in that press release? Announce or, uh, or in all uppercase, space before and after the or. Announced or uh, joins or proud to. What other words might you put in that press release? Now, when you do that, and then put in a state or a city, Ohio, uh, when you do that, you're going to get millions of results. Well, I don't care about somebody who was hired in 1993, right? That's, you know, hey, congratulations on getting the new job 23 years ago. <laughs> that's, not, that's not the right thing to do. But, so on every Google search result, uh, right underneath the Google search form, there's a little button called tools. Click on it. When you click on tools, a drop-down menu will appear that says anytime. Click on the anytime button, choose past week or past month. And instantly those results will go down to the half dozen, two dozen, whatever it might be, of results that fit your criteria. Now you can find out who that individual is, the contact information you have a reason to call. You have a reason to call because you know they might be interested in your solution. And you also already have the first words out of your mouth. Hey, Merritt, congratulations on being named CEO of Widget Corporation. I know by reading your last press release that you're getting into the pharmaceutical market, which is new for you. I'm guessing that's why they hired you with your years of experience. I had to pick up the phone and call you because my company has helped companies just like you solve X. It gives you a reason to call. Yeah, I love that language. That is so good. I had to pick up the phone and call you because mm -hmm. yeah, that's mic drop. That's freaking genius. Yeah, or, or send you an email or whatever, you know, hey, I need to connect with you on LinkedIn. Congratulations on the job. You know, it's really it's it's really with a mindset again of it's all about them, not about you. Yeah, my favorite has to be, I, I get an inordinate number of LinkedIn connection requests, one mm -hmm. that don't say anything, which I think yeah. we can all agree is rubbish. But the ones that I get that I always find really amusing is your name just keeps coming up in my oh, recommendation. I so yeah. I just feel like we should connect. And I'm like, I feel like we shouldn't. I feel like we don't <laughs> exactly. have anything in common right now. Exactly. Um, so what do you, I'm curious that what, like, okay, listen, we can do this the hard way. Like, of course we can do this the hard way. And in fact, you know what, I will put my Google tip sheet in the resources section for everybody. Right. So that captures some of some, I don't have the tools thing in there, but that captures some of what Sam just shared, but I'm going to go ahead and shortcut this for you because one of the reasons that I'm such a big fan of Sam's is because I use Sam's product that Sam has created called the sales Intel engine. So Sam, I think you should explain the sales sure. Intel engine. And if you just share about some of the different searches that you can do through it and how each of those help. I think that that will get people thinking really hard about how they could be using technology like Google to be more effective prospectors. Yeah, well, the sales into, let me explain what it's not. It's not some super secret database where I'm scraping the internet and pulling in names of companies and associating that with individuals. I, there, there are places that do that and you, 
and, and those kinds of databases might be very complementary to the Intel engine. What the Intel engine is, is as, as you can probably just discern, uh, one of the things I teach in my training is these complex mathematical algorithms in search tech, in different search engines to find that kind of information. As I like to say, I can get people from nursery school up to about college. And that's usually good enough. Now, the, the real challenge is, and, uh, is sometimes some of those mathematical algorithms might be 30 to 50 words long and they're going to change depending on what you're looking for. So the way to describe the Intel engine is, well, I guess, imagine if you could go to Google headquarters and you get a meeting with Larry Page, the co-founder of, of Google. And you say, hey, Larry, Google's awesome. Great for movie reviews, great for restaurant reviews. But, you know, as someone who sells HVAC equipment, when I search Google for prospects, there's only 20 things that I care about. Could you just tell your engineers to build Google HVAC just for me? <laughs> That's what the Intel engine is. Because, of course, Larry's not going to do that, but I can't. And so I've created a number of them. I've got kind of a, for lack of a better term, a, a, a premium edition that works for everybody from professional speakers to thermoplastics injection molding companies and marketing firms and everything in between. But then I branched out. So what I do now is when I go speak with an organization, I'll oftentimes build them a custom engine. So what are your wow. sales triggers? What, who are your prospects? Why do they buy from you? And then I'll modify those to be more industry specific. So for example, if I do some work in the food service industry, I'll create a food service engine just for them. And then I'll broaden that to create a food service one, the electronics industry, professional speaking. So I've got, I think a, about a dozen, uh, a dozen specific engines on there now. And I add new ones all the time. I just need to industry size them, uh, take out the personal part for that specific company. And that's where you can go. You can automate finding sales triggers. I've created my, no, my own news engine. It's really, really powerful. I've, I've figured out how to backdoor into LinkedIn. So you can do searches uh, that you can't even do in LinkedIn. Now, again, I'm not really saying uh, you wouldn't, if you have Sales Navigator, don't replace it with the Intel engine. Sales Navigator is amazing. But what my engine can do is, is really augment it or supplement it or complement any of the other tools you have. It's, it's just really a, a faster way of searching Google. And it's a great tool to prospect. Yeah, I think some of my, if I can brag on it a little bit. Okay. So some of my favorites um, when it comes to, to the Intel engine is really about being able to look at the news quite effectively. I think- yeah that there's nowhere near enough sales professionals are checking the news before they call. Oh my and, goodness. It takes 30 seconds. Why not oh, do it? Absolutely. Right. And, but, but it comes back to not only does it potentially give you a reason to call, but it also could inform your call. Right. So yeah, I could, absolutely. I could be monitoring the news and you can set up, you can set up news alerts, right? Absolutely. You can set up yeah. Google news to trigger you, if you've got certain key prospects that you're looking for, or even certain industries that you market to a lot or sell to a lot, you can be putting alerts on, right, Sam, that, that say like, hey, anytime something new comes along in the news around this, about this person, about this company, can you just let me know? Yes. Can you just send me an email once a day and let me know what's going on with them? And then what can happen, right, is you can be like, oh my gosh, I can see you've got a lot of changes happening. Or when you go to call that prospect that you've had on the list for a long time, you can use that news feature and just do a quick search. And so that when they pick up the phone, you can be like, oh my gosh, yeah. So, wow, I can see that you are opening a new branch in Atlanta. Right. Like, wow, that must be, I bet that's keeping you really busy. You exactly. look like a star. 
Yeah. It just shows that you care. You know, that's, I think that's a big thing. It just, just genuinely shows that you care. Right. And let me tell you the thing that I actually use it for the most, which I think salespeople should be doing more as well. And that is, I use it to go out and find documents. Mm -hmm. So I use it for competitive research and competitive document finding. So if you're wondering how your competition is pitching, use an Intel engine or just use Google and, you know, figure out the right syntax, but use Google in some way, shape or form to go and find their sales deck there. I mean, I have found pricing sheets and sales decks and pitch decks and count, you know, and um, battle cards. And I mean, I've found all of this from all kinds of different competitors over Mm -hmm. the years, just by doing really good Google searches, be informed. Oh, be informed. Yeah. But I think too, you know, that doing that little bit of homework on the front end um, with a tool like, you know, sales Intel engine that makes it super easy to not have to spend a lot of time to get that information. It, it sets you up so that there's less pressure on what you're saying, Mm -hmm. having to be so different because you've done that, you've done that work. And, you know, I, I think that salespeople spend well, first of all, they're not sure exactly what research to do to before they pick Mm -hmm. up the phone. Right. And so they do something very basic that everybody else is doing. It's not setting themselves up as being any different or really caring to your point about their prospect or what their sales trigger issues, trigger events might be. And, and they're wasting their time. So if they took that little bit of research time, but did it more effectively, like you're talking about, that's, that's really what will make all the difference in having a a real straightforward, effective sales conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And the nice thing is you can, you can um, really put it into a process, you know? So for example, one of the things that I teach is what's called the value added follow-up. And that is how many times do you make a sales call? The person listens to your five, 15, 30 minute presentation and says, I'm ready to buy. Once in a while, but not often. So the value-added follow-up is how do we stay in touch with our prospects in ways that they care about? And so using the Intel engine, using the research doc area, you just, let's say you're calling on somebody in the plastics industry. You just type in the word plastics, click the trends button, and it'll pull up recent articles or survey results or posts about, about trends in the plastics industry. Now I reach out to my prospect, you know, hey, Joe, stumbled across this McKinsey report on 2021 in the plastics industry and beyond. You may have read it, but just in case, I immediately thought of you. Hope all is well, Sam. Nothing about me, everything about my prospect. Stay in touch with people in ways that they care about. The number of times I do that, and it doesn't have to be just industry. You could be, just like you said, uh, Julia, it could be setting up a Google alert and you find out that the company just celebrated their 50-year anniversary. Hey, congratulations. Or they were just named United Way Volunteer of the Year. Staying in touch with prospects in ways that are relevant to what they care about, the number of times I've heard afterwards, you know, I get the response, Sam, thanks so much for thinking of me. I was just thinking of you. No, you weren't. You weren't thinking of me, but I reminded <laughs> you. Enough credit, Sam. I bet they were. No, they probably weren't. But you know, so it's 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 not just in the prospecting, but it's the ability to stay in touch, customize your presentation, put some relevancy in all communications, and it doesn't have to take a long time. You know, because we are in sales, we're not we're not getting our bonus based on how many Google searches we do. We're getting our bonus based on how many deals we close. 
which by the way, if I may, my digress for a second, kind of going back to what, what we were speaking about at the beginning, it does, you know, everything I teach doesn't, it's not really a new way of doing anything. It's just a, a, a more efficient way of doing what you already do. But there is something that probably does have to evolve. And that's more from a sales management perspective. And that is many companies still judge their salespeople based on the quality, or excuse me, the quantity of sales calls made. Oh yeah, we looked into the CRM. Yep, you sent, you did, you did your 400 calls this week. Yeah, but I, I called a bunch of companies that weren't real prospects and I'd left voicemails, but, but I knew that if I did 400, I'm going to get my bonus. Mm. I, I would challenge companies that they might need to look at not just the quantity, but also look at the quality. Are we calling the right people with the right message at the right time? Yeah. Yeah. I'd love, you know, I'd love Sam, if we could, could we give the listeners like, okay, before you call on a prospect, like we've got before you prospect is go and find out what the sales triggers are. Mm-hmm. So before you call a prospect, what are two or three things that you would say you should look these up so that when you call a prospect, you've got this on a piece of paper in front of you? Yeah. And then you can do this. I, I test it. I don't, I, I shouldn't do this, but I have to test my own work. I, I, I typically, or, or not typically, I, I um, purposefully only do my research 30 to 45 seconds before my call, just because I I, I know that that's what my, I guess, users want. They don't want to spend five minutes before. They want 30 seconds before. Okay. So I use a, a tool. Now, Now I've got a, a um, this, this engine, if you will, this database, I guess it's not really a database, but it's embedded inside the Intel engine. But I also have a version of it that's completely free to use that probably nobody who's listening to this has ever heard of. It's called yougotthenews.com. Y-O-U-G-O-T-T-H-E. N-E-W-S, you got the news.com. You won't find it on a Google search because I hide myself from Google. And what it is, is it's a super powerful news search engine. And so you go to you got the news.com, you type in the name of the company where it says company. Now in my engines, you do not have to use quotation marks or anything. I, I teach that because I want, I guess I like to pull the curtain back on the Wizard of Oz, but when I build an engine, I remove all that. You don't have to do it. So you type in widget corporation. Mm-hmm. Maybe choose past week. If it's a larger company, past week, past, um, yeah, past week probably is good. Um, a smaller company, you might need to choose past year. You click on the news button and it'll search Google News. And you may or may not find something. The next button is more news, which searches local newspapers, trade journals, industry journals, where you will find a lot of information. You might even want to start by clicking on the public relations button or the press releases button. And because that's a company telling us what's important to them. And what I'm looking for is exactly that. Find me just one article that's important to them. Make sure the first words out of my mouth are about the other person, even with existing clients. Hey, congratulations. I saw you, you know, just using the example just a moment ago, saw you just won United Way Volunteer of the Year. And then here's a magic phrase that I use that's really important. Can you tell me a little bit about that? And then you shut up. Because the other person is going to talk and they're going to share information. Oftentimes they'll share something that, again, you might be able to align with your solution. Hey, I saw that you just landed that new account in the chemical industry. As far as I know, you've you've never really targeted that industry before. That's really cool. Can you tell me a little bit about that? They're going to share some information. Hey, I saw that you just hired a new chief revenue officer. Wow, you know, that's a big step for a, for a mid-sized company. Can you tell me a little bit about that? 
well, yes, we uh, hired that officer because our goal is to expand into these 15 new markets. Great, that's what we want. The goal of research, and I cannot stress this enough, it's not to be right. Oftentimes we associate research with doing our homework. We do our homework, we go back to school. We have to cite our sources because we're writing a report that we're gonna get graded on. No, we're in sales. We don't have to be right. We just have to be close. Because we're not in the R&D department here. Our goal is not to state fact because sometimes we might be wrong. Our goal is to ask better questions. Hey, I saw this article. Hey, I was looking at your LinkedIn profile. Hey, I saw this um, podcast where your CEO is featured. Can you tell me a little bit, you know, and, and they mentioned or in the article it talked about or congratulate. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sometimes I actually hear all oh, that thing. Boy, those folks were wrong. Fine. It's okay. A, I showed that I cared. Differentiate from the other salespeople. Ask a good question. Get a good answer. Even a simple thing like, you know, in the engine, there's a button called company details where you can go in and find the, the approximate size and revenue of a company. I don't state that as fact because it's oftentimes actually almost always wrong. So you don't, but, but it's way better. See, the old way of doing things is, hi, Merritt, how big are you guys? The new way of doing things. <laughs> hey, I was doing a little of homework and you're a privately held company. I'm sure I'm wrong, but the best I could find is you have about hundred employees doing about 18 million in revenue. You know, is that accurate? I don't know where you got your information from, but we're up to 122 employees and we're now at 23 million in revenue. Great. It's a, you, you get a good answer when you ask a great question. Hmm. That's so good. Okay, so, so basically figure out people's triggers before you start to do your prospecting so mm-hmm. that you know what you're prospecting for. And by the way, just, I'm sorry to interrupt, but that yeah. could also be industry triggers. Because you might say, I don't want to find a trigger on every company. And sometimes there's not a trigger on a company, but it could be an industry issue. You know, so for example, if I was in the insurance industry selling into um, the South, Southwest or South, yeah, Southwest United States or Southern United States right now, a sales trigger would be, geez, you folks are probably going to get, get, get hit hard by all these bursting pipes. Can you tell me a little bit about that? So I just wanted to interrupt there and say, it doesn't, it can be an industry sales trigger as well. Yeah, that's genius. And then, and then right before you call, you're 30 seconds before you call, you better be going to the cool website that we've now put into the notes. So make sure you check that and I'll link on the resources page. You better be going there and checking out what the latest news and information is from your prospect before you pick up the phone. And then after you visit your prospect or after your call, then you should be using Google to find really relevant, valuable content that you could share back to your prospect with no mention of your product or service, just a, a quick value added share. Is that what you called it? Tell me again, Sam, what you yeah, called it? Yeah, I call it? it the value added follow-up. Value you know, added you got to be careful. You don't want to do that every week. You'd be like, okay, this guy's a little bit weird, but you know, you know, and you, Julie, you know more about CRM systems than anybody. You can set up a uh, if, you know, if it's a, I'll call it the, if I haven't heard from them, contact them, pull down menu, set that up. You log into your CRM system. It says, oh, you haven't spoken to widget corporation in three months. Spend yeah. one minute finding something that they care about. Fire off a note. Great. Well, I think, I think there's a, you know, you, you could have that value added follow-ups, um, 
organized in a couple of different ways. So if you are targeting a specific industry, mm-hmm. then you're going to have a, the same value added follow-up yes. from multiple prospects. If you are calling on the same level of decision maker, you could also have, you know, yes. a value added follow-up that would be relevant for that type of a role. Um, so I think that there's a lot that can be done once and duplicated over and over again mm-hmm. in your prospecting and follow-up system. But yeah, I like the I like the uh, the one for a specific role. You know, because again, if somebody if you're calling on chief marketing officers, hey, I stumbled across this report on 15 subject lines in the e- in emails that work 90% of the time when virtual selling. I just made that up. I wish something like that existed. That would be pretty cool. But again, that's the type of thing. And I immediately thought of you. A little tip here too, it takes a little bit more time, but if you really want to make an impression, print the report out, put a, put a, uh, a post-it note on top of the report, stick it in an oversized envelope with your business card. That an really makes an impression. Mail, what? I know. <laughs> Stamps? Don't, don't mail it to Texas right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I, uh, I have already like pages of notes. This is, this is so good. There's so much here, Sam. I, uh, I am, I, I have so many follow-up actions. Um, but I think one of the things that I really, well, there are two things that really stand out. Um, first, when you started the conversation about mindset and that, you know, it was a good reminder, like prospects really don't care about about you. And if you start your prospecting with, you know, how smart can I show myself, like how, how can I show that I'm so smart Mm -hmm. and that I've done all this homework? um, That's the wrong way of using research in your prospecting. It's that second point that you made, or one of the other magic points you made about the goal of research, research is not to be right, it's about asking better questions. So if I can do a little bit of homework, 30 or 45 seconds, everybody's got time for that. And then I'm asking a question that shows I care and that I'm not attached to being right about it, but I'm using it as the launch point for, is that accurate? Mm -hmm. You know, what am I missing? And then I'm into a good conversation. Then all of the techniques and all the tech that, you know, Julie and I are talking about every week, that's where that becomes even where we have a chance to actually create that relationship and build that uh, business opportunity. But that prospecting piece, if we don't get that right with that little bit of research that you're talking about, none of the rest of the stuff matters. Right. That's right. And, and again, talking about mindset, if we think about sales in general, I mean, let's boil it down to its simplest form. Sales is all about, I'm going to provide you something of value and you're going to provide me something in return of value. So I'm going to provide you a widget. You're going to provide me a credit card number. Well, the same mindset has to be done when you're picking up the phone, when you're LinkedIn connecting with people, when you're emailing It's like, Hey, I'm asking somebody to take 45 seconds, 30 seconds, two minutes out of their busy day to read my email. I'm asking them for something of value. I need to return something of value. Uh, knowing about me is not something of value. Helping that other individual is that we're exchanging that value. And, and I think if you have that mindset that every step of the sales process is about a value exchange. And also understand too that that every step of the sales process, you, you have to go in with a goal. Uh, when, when I talk to salespeople, they'll often say, I'll say, well, what's your goal? Well, my, of course, my goal is to close the deal. No, it's not, because you're probably not closing the deal in the first meeting. 
your goal of this email is to have gain permission to send another email, to have a phone conversation, to do a virtual call. And knowing that, we, and, and that, why is that important? Because too many salespeople, you know, throw up. I don't know how else to say it in their sales calls. Here's, here's my 60 paragraph email on everything we do. They don't care. Give them the one. And I'm guilty of this. Listen, I, I you know, I wish I always practiced what I, what I taught. Um, <laughs> but I have to work really hard. You know, Sam, get your darn email down to one sentence, two sentences, one paragraph, only about them, because my goal is to just get them to say, hey, let's let's continue the conversation. Well, there, I know, I know the thing, the big thing that I'm going to be taking away from this is just that reminder about value added follow-up. Like, you know what? And, and if you, you know, yes, you should definitely prospect smarter, but you know, don't throw away the prospecting you've already done. Like, it doesn't matter whether it's been a week, a month or six months. That's the challenge that I will issue to everyone who's listening is go send some value added follow-up using Sam's tricks and tips, go find some value added follow-up and send it to some prospects that you haven't heard from in a while. I mean, see if you can't re-engage with those prospects by giving them something of value. Yeah. So, and, and again, something of value is not, um, here's my latest video. It can't, now, even though your latest video might be incredibly powerful and have some incredible information, here's my latest blog post. It might be the best blog post ever written in the history of blog posts. In my opinion, when you do that, that's seen as advertising. Not bad, not bad, but that's you telling how great you are. Yeah. Instead, I'd rather send something that somebody else has created. It might even be a competitor of mine who's mm -hmm. created something that I just think is wonderful and I want to share with the world. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, I happen to have just written the world's greatest blog post, Sam. So if you want to share that, you're more than welcome. Amount, I've already have been. And the amount of business I've been gaining, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I should just send you a commission check. It's unbelievable. <laughs> oh, what a perfect end to fabulous conversation. Oh my gosh, Sam, it has been such a joy to speak with you. Thank I you. can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk to us and to all of the people who listen to the Smarter Sales Show. You are such a star as always and full of useful tips and reminders and strategies and tech. Let's not forget the tech part. We're going to put links to all of the things that you've mentioned into the show notes or into the description. And depending on where you're watching the show, whether you're looking at it on the Sales Experts channel or whether you are tuned into the audio podcast only or whether on your favorite audio podcast platform or whether you are watching a great snippet on YouTube, whatever it is, we've got um, all that information for you in the details. So make sure you take advantage of those resources and, you know, take away some of these challenges. As our loyal listeners know, we always try to wrap up with a challenge. So my challenge to you is to go do some value added follow-up and, and Merit, what's your challenge? Do that 30 seconds of, of homework before you, before you pick up the phone, just to find something that can focus the conversation about them and not about you. Ah, there you go. Well, I think, you know what, we're only, we're only giving you a minute's worth of work and we're only going to ask for a minute back. If you feel like you're smarter in sales because of today's episode, then we want everyone else to feel smarter in sales too. So subscribe to our channel on YouTube iTunes, Spotify, the Sales Experts channel, wherever you catch us, just subscribe so that you'll be notified when new episodes come out. And stop and give us that five-star review that you know we deserve. 
I mean, after all, Sam gets five stars just on his own. So take a minute and return the favor. If you've gotten something of value out of this episode, give something back, not only to us, but also to your community. And I would like to, again, Sam, thank you so, so much for joining us today. And I want to remind everybody that Sam is a keynote speaker and he is an incredible consultant and trainer. And if you have sales teams who are looking to improve the way that they leverage search technology and think about prospecting, you should totally call Sam. We're going to put his contact details down there. And I was going to say, in fact, we make a great trio, I would imagine, for any virtual or live event. So if your company Absolutely. is doing something for you to, uh, you know, grow your sales force, really support them and equip them with everything that they need to meet your aggressive sales goals, then you probably want the trifecta of Sam on research, me on technique and Julie on tech. And we just we're just the perfect conference lineup for you. So hello at the smarter We'd love to hear from you and talk to you about how to create an amazing event. So again, Sam, thank you so much for your thank time. You. Sam Richter. I'm thank Julie you. Holmes. It was and a I'm pleasure to be here. Thanks oh, very much what? for watching. <laughs> Sell smarter. <laughs> be sure to tune in every Wednesday to the Smarter Sales Show. If you want a tech and technique solution to your sales challenge, send an email to hello at thesmartersalesshow.com. And don't forget to check out the show notes. If you'd like a transcript of today's show with links to the tools we mentioned during the episode, as well as reminders when the episodes are released, please visit our website and subscribe to our email updates at thesmartersalesshow.com.